Hello. Hello. Welcome to episode two of Just Another Football Podcast with me, Danny Miller. And me, Josh Bettley. So, slightly different vibe tonight. Um, you'll probably notice the sound quality is like slightly different in that uh, last night when we were playing football, I have hurt myself. You abandoned us in our moment of need. I did. We I- were close to not losing. Actually, that's a lie. But How many did we concede when you were on the pitch? Uh, one or two. Um, we conceded eight or nine after yeah. you left. Well, after I crawled off the pitch, yes. Uh, <laughs> and so I am currently like... Um, let's see if that... Yeah, I'm currently... Uh, can't walk anywhere, so that's fun. But anyway, we've got loads to talk about this week. Um, as I said last week, we're going to try and get these down to an hour now so that you can enjoy these on your drive to work. Uh, but I want to start with, before we kick off with the uh, the Premier League stuff, I want to talk about Bolton. Oh, do we have to? <laughs> yeah. Phil Parkinson left this week, along with his some of his backroom team. Did they accept his resignation? Because as far the... as I know, he's not there anymore. Because the last time I looked, he'd resigned, but they hadn't formally accepted his resignation. Well, they can't not formally accept his resi- resignation, really. Yeah. He lost 5-0 to Tramley Rovers on Saturday, or whenever it was which is not good. It's a, been a very, very bad start. Not as bad as Berry, who haven't kicked a ball yet, I don't think. Um, but go on, tell me a little bit about um, what's happening at, at Bolton. Um, so, as you know, I'm not as ardent a fan as maybe I once was. I check the weekly results, I see who we're playing, I always see who we're playing and how how badly we've lost each week. I've, <laughs> I've not been to watch in a while. Um, they have accepted his reg- resignation, by the okay. way. Parkinson has sort of been a bit of a... He's been the one constant in sort of three or four years of turmoil. And actually, yeah. he's, probably, he's probably handled that really well. I mean, there were calls for him to be sacked last year, but I think... With all that's gone on, I think he has actually done a pretty good job. Like his first two seasons, he got us promoted back into the championship, and then we stayed up on the last day. Mm-hmm. And you know, it wasn't. It wasn't. Our relegation was only sealed, sort of, with a few games remaining last season, and it was a pretty dire season, to be honest. I mean, that was probably more to do with the teams around us not picking up the points right. they needed. We had a really good start to last season, if I remember rightly. Yeah, first four games, I think we were unbeaten potentially. Yeah, well. He was supposed to play Doncaster on Tuesday. That was called off. Um, you you meant to play Ipswich, who went down with you last season on Saturday. Whether that goes ahead or not, we don't know. But it's an interesting time for Bull, and we'll keep an eye on it over the next few weeks. It's... I, I sort of get why the game was called off, because I worried about like the mental health of the youngsters getting absolutely battered. But the, at the same time, surely they knew what they were agreeing to. Yeah, they. I mean, you don't... I know a lot of the kids are like 17 and stuff and they just want to play but at the same time like they are going to get battered like that's just the way it is like that that's the kind of the way that the club is at the moment unfortunately and like yeah it looked like you were going to get taken over last week and it well a couple of times over the last like four months or so but it just hasn't come to fruition really and it's it is sad to see one of the original founding members of English football in this sort of in this sort of position. I also do not what's that bloke called Bassini? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the way he sort of acted in terms of I'm sure he's got the best intentions for if he gets the takeover, but why block another takeover when we just need the money? Yeah. Like it just that that seems a very selfish thing for him to do. Um, yeah. Me. I mean that's kind of like classic him though he was like banned by the FA wasn't he for when he was in charge of yeah. Leeds or Watford or whoever he was in charge of but we'll, again we'll keep an eye on that over the over the coming weeks and months to there is however oh. a former Bolton player who now has a Super Cup winners medal oh um, Andy Lonigan. Andy Lonigan. what a legend well <laughs> Deary, yeah, really. legend, I don't think is the word. Yeah, um, not at all. All right, then let's get into uh, the Premier League then. So on Saturday, um, it kicked off with Arsenal versus Burnley. It finished 3-1 to, uh, 2-1 to Arsenal. Sorry, uh, Arsenal have won their first two games of the Premier League season. 
for the first time since 2009-2010. Mm-hmm. Um, my player of the week this week was Danny Cabellos, came in from Real Madrid on loan. Um, what did you make of his performance on Saturday? Uh, I think it's difficult for Arsenal to replace Ramsey, but I think potentially they may have found a similar type of player. He's quite quite classy mm-hmm. in what he does. He, he's one of those midfielders, he's a creative player, but he actually sits a bit deeper. Yeah, and I, um, when I watched the game, I went proper scouse there. Um, when I watched the game on Saturday, and I thought that in the first half in particular, obviously um, he got two assists I think mm-hmm. um, but in the first half he was just everywhere he ran the game he dropped back um, and and then when he needed to he went forward and he just sort of everywhere where the ball was he was popping off little passes I think he had like 93 touches really linked it together yeah he really. was just there all the time um, and I just thought he played really well and it kind of is to, to Interesting to me to see how badly Real Madrid did last season and he couldn't get a game for them. Yeah. I know you, you he's up against Modric, Cruz, all these guys, but at the same time, like he is a player that probably would have done quite well in Real Madrid's midfield last season. Mm. It would have created for them. I don't think they'll get him on a full-time deal Do you not? if he continues to play like that. No. Yeah, well, obviously it's only his first start, so we're going to see how yeah, he does yeah, over the of course, course of the season. But... Um, Arsenal have won their first two games. Are they as good as their results so far? Obviously, a 1 0 win uh, at St James's Park and a 2 1 win at home to Burnley is not amazing, but they're second in the league, two wins out of two. Are they as good as they've I'm as sure their points so far, or have they just had an easy start? We said this a lot last year. Those are the sorts of games that maybe in the latter Wenger era they'd have not won. Yeah. So. Uh, like I don't have, they're not on my radar for winning the league at all. No, um, but top four is definitely a possibility. Yeah, hundred um, percent. David Luiz made a, had a, some very David Luiz moments on Saturday, but in general, pretty good. I still think for eight million he's a bargain. That yeah, is a bargain at eight mil. Yeah, definitely agree. I do worry a little bit. He had a couple of um, like dodgy passes back to Leno or mm. a couple of moments but he made one pass in, in particular where I think he just bypassed the whole um, Burnley defence and I think it was Aubameyang was, was on the end of this just wonderful um, wonderful pass from him and that's the sort of thing he can do he can cut you apart mm-hmm. um, on the flip side Burnley um, Burnley Played quite well, I thought. Ashley Barnes scored again. Did you know that only Mane and Aguero scored more Premier League goals in 2019? Wow. Than Ashley Barnes is 12. Bloody hell. Yeah. Um, but it's at the other end of the pitch, I thought they were particularly good. Um, and I'm talking about Nick Pope. Um, obviously, last season, they had they started with Joe Hart and goal at the start of the season. How much of an influence do you think Nick Pope was like, having on this Burnley team? Um, I think maybe because he had that... Obviously, it wasn't last season, but the season before where Heaton got injured. And then there was a bit like, oh, shit, what are we going to do? And then Pope came in and sort of out of nowhere played an absolute blinder. Because he's not young. He's 27 or so. He's 26, yeah. 27. He's not actually young. Um, he's not Ashley young. Yeah, he's not I was literally going to say it. Um, um, uh, I'm getting stuck saying. Um, I feel like that the defence feel like he is their number one. Yeah. So like to have him back in goals has been a massive confident boost for them. Definitely, and he, I think he will help players like Tarkovsky and um, me in front of him. Even though me, he'll help you. One, we, uh, one of the moments of the weekend was Pepe, Megan, um, me, and uh, me just like sort of. Having this moment of like, oh, and then you fuck, fell over and did your ankle. Then yeah, and then, then I then fell then. over and uh, ruined my football career. Did you think Ben Mee handballed it in the build up to? So they they won the free kick that they won the corner from. They scored the first goal. Because um, he had his he had his arm in, so he was he jumped, and as his arm was yes. coming down, it like came into here. And I thought maybe it was a little bit harsh. Yeah, but at the same time, there was enough time between then and the goal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that's uh, that was. A, a I, I do get it because we were sat watching it on Saturday, 
and uh, Naomi's dad was here, and he was like, "That's that's harsh. Like that is harsh." And I would probably agree. Like it yeah. was harsh, but you know, I mean, Dyke said in his post match, he said that's not the reason we've conceded the goal, but he no, said, he did say it was a bit of a dodgy call. Yeah, I mean, Sean Dyke's comments after the game about diving, he said it wasn't towards Arsenal, but. It came I've at a very pungent time. He said, "Worst." Uh, he's been told that the worst that can happen for a dive is a yellow, and then he then he carried on to say, "This means that every player in the Premier League can cheat once a week." Yeah, and which is valid. Yeah, it is valid, and we saw it with. I think Daniel James went down on Monday night, mm-hmm. didn't get touched, got a yellow card. So it's kind of like giving a bit of lenience to the attackers but at the same time like we don't know exactly kind of the exact what is a dive like momentum if you get caught or somebody's coming at you we've seen it with Sterling before in particular he's running at speed I think the one in the Champions League where he like fell over his own feet that's not a dive per se yeah because he's not simulated uh, yeah, simulation's exactly. the word isn't it yeah simulation's probably the word but it's a difficult one isn't it but I do mm. agree that if it is a dive if somebody is not touched and I mean you can always tell by their reaction can't you I mean Daniel James got up on Monday took the yellow cards walked mm-hmm. away didn't complain but um, I think a good start to the season for Arsenal Burnley um, I think we'll find their feet a little bit more without yeah, European football. They, they probably won't have had this one penned as a game they'd get points from. No, definitely not. Uh, anything else to say on that game? No. All right. So the first three o'clock kickoff we're going to talk about is Aston Villa versus Bournemouth. It finished two one to Bournemouth. Um, since the start of last season, Harry Wilson has scored ten goals from outside the penalty area in all competitions, the most of any player in the top four tiers of English football in that time. That's good. Good start. Um, I thought it was a game of three brilliant goals. Um, I thought the first one, which was King's penalty, um, was a brilliant finish. Tom Heaton, foul on Wilson. Yeah, yeah he, he was just being dozy. Yeah, it was silly. He kind of just ran into him, didn't he? I just, it, yeah. Um, it's a bit silly. Josh King, underrated, do you think? Um, yeah, definitely. Do you think he's in Callum Wilson's shadow a little bit? I've read an article. They're statistically the most uh, productive front pairing since Sheeran and Chris Sutton won the league for Black. Wow. In terms of ha- how many goals they've scored, but also assisted for each other. Oh, really? Yeah. That doesn't surprise me actually, because they are a good partnership. I feel like because Wilson's English, he gets a lot of the headlines. But I think Josh King just goes about his work quietly. Was that oh, we're just that watching way? that Ben Me moment mm. on Sky. He uh, just stops, he's like, oh. Uh, um, yeah, I think King goes about his work just quietly, and but but very well. Um, and he gets quite a few goals, quite a few assists, mm-hmm. comfortable for, for Burnley, really. Um, Harry Wilson then scored a screamer. It was deflected quite a lot. It but was, but it was a good That finish. almost makes it like a better goal, doesn't it? Yeah. It's got like the loop on it. But um, I, I thought Villa just lacked that cutting edge... Um, what a goal by Douglas Louise, by the way. I actually shouted at the TV. It when was I, was, so I was like, ah! Um, couple of couple of uh, uh, of other penalty calls. Um, Wesley um, went down from mm, not for uh, me. I have to agree. I thought VA was right. At the other end, should King have had a penalty? Trezeguet. I've written here in big capital letters, penalty for me. Yeah, and this is the thing. They, had, they looked at it but didn't give it, but they didn't look at it from the... Because they... This they, is the problem. They don't seem to have the angles that the te- all the television can get. And that is a big problem. Because yeah. you see it, I think it was on Match of the Day commentary. He said, no, not a penalty, it looks like it gets a ball. And then it came to the other angle and he was like, nah, penalty. Yeah. And like... If you don't have all of the... This is like Brexit. If you don't have all the facts, all how, the can info, a, yeah. like, how can you make a... Like, how can you make a judgment on that? Um, I think it's, a, it's an interesting one because this, this debate about VAR is going to rage on for the whole season and there's more VAR talking points um, for, for later, uh, later tonight. But that one in particular of they need to have all the camera angles, I think is huge. I think it's huge and it's one of those things of like um, it's going to spoil the game decisions are going to be wrong if 
they don't have all the angles like that one was, I thought. Um, in terms of Aston Villa's start, are we worried? Um, Should they be worried? No, because I think they're... At the minute, it's individual mistakes that are costing them. Mm-hmm. And if you can cut those out, then actually you can turn results around pretty quickly. They don't, it, they don't look out of their depth. Yeah. So, uh, and that's what... I mean, Jack Grealish, listening to him talk is a struggle. <laughs> um, he had a good chance in the second half. Header should have scored, I thought. Uh, yeah. I just just think that, like, what is Douglas Lewis? Like, maybe in the league he's come from, you can leave the ball there. But yeah. it was crazy, crazy. But then he scored that goal and I was like, you've redeemed yourself there. But I think, yeah, I think that over time, once they get used to each other... Well, we said this about Fulham, you know what I mean? Yeah. Bringing but... in 13 new players, spending 140 mm-hmm. million. Is it, can they blend together? I think that they're playing better than Fulham were at the start of last yeah, season. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. Did you know that the penalty Josh King scored was the earliest pen to be scored in the Premier League since February 2015? Really? What What minute was that penalty? Like It was uh, we were, we were less than two minutes, I think. Wow. Um, but the the... The one in February 2015 was Aguero versus Newcastle after one minute and 12 seconds. Of course it was against us. <laughs> what was I watching the other day? Uh, oh, I watched that new Amazon Prime programme with John Bishop and Peter Crouch. Mm-hmm. And that, it's shit, don't bother. They okay. should put us on. Okay. We're better. But um, basically, um, every highlight they had of every player... Goal against Newcastle. I love Patrice Ever comes on, header against Newcastle. Peter Crouch, goal against Newcastle. John Bishop, goal against Newcastle. Amazing. Um, all right, any more on that game? No. Uh, all right then, uh, Brighton versus West Ham, finish 1-1. Um, with four points from two games, Brighton have, have the chance to start a Premier League campaign with a three-game unbeaten run for the first time ever this weekend. Coming up. Um... It started off quite controversially. Um, brilliant finish by Trossard, but mm-hmm. the goal was ruled out for offside. Right, Cole? Uh, yes, it was. Yes. Um, pretty dull first half, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, dull game, mm-hmm. generally, I thought. Um, however, um, Hernandez's goal was a very good finish. But I thought Ryan should have done better. Yeah. Do you not think? He opened his body up so early. Yeah. And, like, it, you could see he was going to go across the keeper every time. And he's... I don't know why he hasn't saved it. Stronger hand, maybe. But isn't that why he's playing in goal for Brighton and not, like, one of the top teams? Yes. Being yeah. a bit harshly brutal. I mean, Matt Ryan is a decent keeper. Isn't he Australia's keeper? He is, yeah. Yeah. You know, you. I think it's uh, you're in a lose-lose position as a keeper because he's, he's probably trying to second-guess Hernandez a little bit. Yeah. Um, and it's not worked out for him? No. Um, so that put West Ham 1-0 up, um, and we thought that... This is West that, Ham, who have not won in August for three years. Well, I was going to say, kind of... I don't think they've got a point in three years until until um, this game. Uh, and then Trossard popped up, scored his actual first goal for Brighton. Do you think um, he's the reason that they've let Knockhart go? Yeah, 100%. 100%. You know what? He looked good. Yeah. He looked well, he, good. He captained Ghent or Genk? Because there's... One of those two. There's two <laughs> uh, teams with similar name to the, the Belgian league title last year, so... Well, he's, he was all over the pitch for them, mm. and I thought he played well, and he nearly set up uh, Mappé, is that what you say? Mopé. Mopé. Um, Mapaway. Mapaway. Uh, who should have put them 2-1 up, really. Mm. Um, yeah. He had a, a big role in that. But, like you say, I thought a good point for West Ham, that. As particularly yes. considering Brighton, um, Brighton's game last week. I have another question for you. Go on. Do you think that Graham Potter's appointment has gone under the radar slightly? I do, but I think that's because he's not a particularly big name. But I think... They might surprise us. Because uh, I, I tipped them for relegation, I but I f- completely forgot that they'd sat Chris Hutton and brought him in. I feel like they haven't done enough in the uh, in the transfer window to mm-hmm. 
put them in a position where they're not going to be in a relegation battle and I think it's going to be so close down there I think it's going to be so close at the bottom of the league that any of those bottom well those teams that are below uh, above the bottom two mm-hmm. five or six teams that are going to be in and around there I think are it's going to be between three points maybe and goal difference mm-hmm. so and I don't know if they can score enough goals this season. That's my issue. I Fair. think. Um, short and sweet on that game. Anything short else? To, anything else to say? Uh, Trossard's goal was Brighton's first from outside the box since March. Solly March. No. <laughs> I tell you what, he looks yeah, a player. He's a good player. Yeah, I think maybe they let Knockart go because they couldn't fit Knockart March and. Trossard all in. Well, he scored the other night for Fulham. Cavalier has got twice as well. They're going to get promoted. They're going to get promoted again. Yeah, that team. Um, All right then. Everton versus Watford. We've done all the games I have on one page here. Normally, I'm like. (laughs) No, I'm very happy that we're getting some of these shit games out of the way first. Uh, Everton Watford was another quite an uninspiring Premier League fixture. I have a stat and a half about Everton. well, wait there, is this going to be your start of the week? No. No, OK. Um, Watford boss Javi Gracia has lost six consecutive matches in all competitions for the first time in his uh, career as a manager, with um, Saturday's game being his 454th match. Hmm. Um, Everton, I mean, the game itself, fairly uninspiring, by the way, but... Um, Bernard, who scored one goal last season in like 37 appearances, um, he looked sharp this season, I thought. He took his goal well, even though it was a big deflection. Um, but him and Dinya up that left side look good. Mm-hmm. Do we think he can get more goals this season? Is he going to he help? Ne- he needs to get more goals. Yeah. That's what he needs to add to his game. He won't have been bought to just be a creative force down the left, like do some nice tricks and then move the ball on. Like He needs to be contributing. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. Um, and especially, I just think that Keane came on... You know what? Moist Keane. Keen. Moist, moist Keane came on, right? Sky the ball, put one just wide. Calvert-Lewin did nothing. He's been given the number nine shirt this season for Everton. Mm-hmm. Did nothing, right? I just don't think it's enough for them to challenge for top six unless there are at least two or three other players contributing to that. Mm-hmm. And that's got to be Bernard Richarlison and um, that other laddie, that Sigurdsson. Um, do you think Everton have enough to challenge for that top six? Do you think if there's going to be one team that breaks into it, it's going to be Everton on the perf- on the judging from the first two performances? Mm, no. Why? Because they don't score enough goals. Yeah. And I think I said this in the season preview on the blog, was that I think they scored two or three goals in pre-season. These, mm-hmm. are, these are games where you've got to be smashing in, like, against teams like Doncaster. No offence to Doncaster, but these are games where you, you smash in six goals. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Watford have problems, though. Big problems at the yeah, moment. Yeah, I've written here, should fans be worried? Um, I've just seen on there as well, Deeney's out for, like, a few more weeks. He's, well, had, he's had surgery and he's like their talisman I, I tell you what Deeney went up in my estimations when he smashed the ball at Pickford's face <laughs> um, you know what they created some good chances I'd be more worried for them if they weren't creating chances yeah you know they had some chances to to at least get one goal at the weekend however defensively they look not good at all yes and this is where I think their summer business just hasn't done them any favours, even though I think their main task was to keep the players that they had already. Mm-hmm. I just feel like... I mean, on Saturday, I didn't see anything in particular in the midfield that made me think, wow, these are going to get up to the heights that they got up to last season. Mm-hmm. And they ended up finishing 11th last season, but they kind of concentrated on the FA Cup by the end. I just feel like it's not a time to worry yet. But in four games' time, if they still haven't scored, if they still haven't got three points on the board, mm-hmm. you're going to have to look and say, Javi Gracia is going to be under pressure. 
Yeah, and it wasn't like Everton scored from their only chance of the game. Like Richarlison had two free headers, Keane yeah. had two chances. I think Sigurdsson had a chance as yeah, well. Yeah, you know, it was it was more Everton's lack of efficiency than anything yeah, else. Definitely, these are two teams where you would say that they should have tried to push on from last season, but I don't think they've bought mm-hmm. particularly well in the window. Everton have done an all right job in the window. Don't get me wrong; they've spent a lot of money. Have they got value for money? No. No. I mean, no. thirty-five million for a Warby, but. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how Everton do this season, but I feel like it's just another mid-table finish for them. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else on that game? What was your stat? Everton have kept the second most clean sheets at home in 2019 behind City. Yeah. I mean, that kind of doesn't surprise me. They have a fairly, like, um, settled back five, mm-hmm. don't they? Also, Watford have never won at Goodison Park in 14 attempts. Hell. Fucking hell. Um, Alright then, next game, I don't really want to talk about it, but we'll talk about it anyway, uh, is Norwich versus Newcastle. It finished 3-1 to Norwich. Uh, Timu... I heard that. <laughs> Timu Puki uh, has become the first player in Premier League history to score as many as four goals in his first two appearances in the competition. Um, I think I saw an article today about Neil Lennon had said when he was at Celtic that he wasn't good enough and he didn't score enough goals. That's why he'd never make it in the Premier League. Well, he's Has Neil Lennon ever managed in the Premier League? No. He's not really qualified to yeah. talk. Um, we'll start with Newcastle getting out of the way. Uh, abysmal performance, I've written here. Newcastle have won two out of 28 away Premier League games in August. That's bad, man. That's bad. Yeah. I mean, we don't. Yeah. We kind of don't start seasons particularly well. You did anyway, have, you did have chances. We did have chances. Craft should have scored. Joe, Joe Linton should have scored. My issue is, here's a big issue. Does Rondon put that away? Yeah. Exactly. And you spend forty million on the on a player that is kind of like going to be finding his feet for the first few weeks, and I get it. Mm-hmm. But if they'd put the forty million on Joe Linton, and then put um, the fifteen down on Rondon, then you don't have that bedding in period. You've got a player there that's going to bag, that's going to bang in the goals anyway. I know Rondon was asking for ridiculous wages, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like just give him a decent package, pay him off for the next few years, and then jib him off on a free transfer. Like make sure that we're getting the goals in because it's going to backfire on the team. Big issue that I had was Emil Kraft starting instead of Javier Manquillo. Why bring a player in in a game for Steve Bruce that was a must-win game to get him off um, to, to against a newly promoted team, get him off the mark in terms of points, goals in the Premier League? Why bring in a defender when Manquillo played really well against Arsenal and then you bring in a player that's never played in the Premier League before? Yeah. I don't understand that, um, that what, what's what gone through his mind there, to be honest. I've uh, written here, can't wait to hear Danny's view on Newcastle's defence. Oh, it was just... Um, there was a chance in the first half where... You know what? I love Fabian Cher. He had a quality season last season, but he was protected by two holding midfielders mm-hmm. in the Rafa Benitez system, which is why the three midfielders doesn't work. I think I said this last week. And Cher, Puki just turned Cher and Cher just was like, oh, and just like, just spun around, didn't move hardly. Puki, it didn't, that was one of the ones that didn't go in, but he just didn't do anything. Him, Lascelles, were just very, very, very poor on Saturday. But Neil Lennon said you weren't good enough. Yeah, yeah, classic, classic. Uh, Anyway, Shelby's goal at the end, sort of a consolation goal, after three brilliant goals by Timo Pukki, in particular the first one, which was excellent. Um, Farker's tactics, I thought, were spot on and he's they nullified any... Yeah, he is. He's very camp. Yeah, but he's European, European company. Yeah. Um, I thought his tactics were spot on and he nullified what little threat there was, even though Newcastle had one or two chances in the first half. But the second half in particular, I thought Norwich were excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've both got them finished bottom of the league. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't really pay attention to the championship, so I'm sort of hedging my bets a little bit. But I think they're going to get battered quite a lot. They're going to pick up points. They're they're not going to draw many games. No. They're either going to win or they're going to get absolutely smashed. Um, I thought they played fairly well. Whether they can keep that up over the course of the season, I don't know. And also, they've got quite a small squad. Mm -hmm. Um, So can they stay injury-free? I think that's going to be the key. If they stay injury-free and then um, can continue on the same vein of form that they're in at the moment, Mm -hmm. like play like they did on Saturday anyway, then I think they will stay up. But at the same time, I just don't think they can continue that for the whole season with this squad that they've got. Mm-hmm. Um, Pookie was your player of the week? He was. Since the start of last season, he has scored the most of anyone in the top four English wow. football league divisions. Wow. He, Not good enough, Neil Lennon. He could get uh, a move, you know, in January. Yeah. To a Everton. Do you think? Mm, yeah, I think Norwich would get an extortionate amount of money. Oh, for yeah, him, totally. Sort yeah, of, of like course they would. Forty million. Everton, they just pay whatever. They they have no like value for money at all. Uh, anything else in that game? Um, no. Short and sweet. That's what I like to hear when we lose. When we win, big long section. Like Newcastle's defensive application. <laughs> just very little attention paid. Um. Our final three o'clock kickoff on Saturday was Southampton versus Liverpool. It finished two one to Liverpool at St Mary's. Uh, Liverpool have now won eleven consecutive Premier League matches, equaling their best ever winning streak in the competition. Previously set between February and February and April twenty fourteen under Brendan Rodgers. Uh, I assume that was the season they finished second. Is that right? Um, yes. Uh, I thought after their midweek exploits in the Super Cup mm-hmm. and taking it to penalties, mm-hmm. I think I predicted a Liverpool win on penalties. Did you I? did, yeah. Um, it's the only thing I fucking got right last week. Every other prediction was went tits. Um, I thought they were fairly lucky, you know, in this game. Yeah, sort of. Adrian made a wonder save in the first half and in the second half I'm not sure what he was doing for that goal he did a fucking Larice. he did a he did sorry a, Siggy uh, and Alisson um, yeah um, I thought Southampton actually dominated the first half they made like the better chances but then Mane just pulled one out the top draw their improvement from last week to this week Southampton was like immeasurable it was like they'll be disappointed they've lost but again they probably didn't think they'd pick up points from this game anyway yeah um, I, they're going to be fine. Um, I thought Angus Gunn had a good game in goal. Yeah. Uh, interesting that he's their number one. Of he's like <laughs> the youngest of their keepers. But obviously, we've seen that Fraser Forster's going out on loan. Um, I I just feel like Southampton, like last week, they were the architects of their own downfall. In that, yeah, hundred percent. At the back, they again they were just terrible. And their second Liverpool's second goal, I mean, I they, think was just a, another defensive error. They dominated the first half, didn't they? And then conceded it right at the end, like yeah. the worst thing to do. And then just um, wipe out Mane. And then yeah, and then they take the yellow card. And th- this is a part of Mane's game that I've not really appreciated before. Like he's pressing high, like he won yeah. the ball back high, which allowed them to go on and score. He's got more goals in twenty nineteen than Salah. Mane. I, I think, think he's got the most goals of anyone, actually, in 2019. Yeah, he's got 15 Premier League goals in 2019. Aguero, 14. Barnes, 12. They're the top three. Wow. Um, don't say I don't do my research. <laughs> I've never said that. I don't have a life. Um, Adrian um, got um, wiped out, let's say, in the Super Cup um, <laughs> uh, celebrations by a fan. <laughs> Unreal. And uh, Lonigan was nearly in for his debut this weekend. Um, but uh, like you say, Adrian had a fairly good first half, but in the second half, made an error. Um, Danny Ings, probably the only way that Danny Ings can Playing without Ings. Um, that is the name of my fantasy football team on the Jaff Pod League, uh, Fantasy Football League. I've already come up with my name for next season. Oh, fucking hell, Josh. We yeah. only just started this one. I know. Um, I think my name's quite good this year. Yeah, Chernobyl Fallout. <laughs> 
It is good. Yeah, I did laugh when I saw it's a bit it. Un PC. Um, should Danny Ings have levelled it right at the end? Um, yeah. If if you're, a, I mean, every chance you get as a centre forward, you want to you want to bury, don't you? Yes. So if you don't, then you're going to be a bit disappointed. Yes, definitely. Um, I thought Southampton should have at least taken a point off from that game, especially considering that um, Liverpool got back late they just after don't, a long game. They don't game look 100% Wednesday. at the back, do they? Southampton? No, Liverpool. Well, neither of them. Yeah. But you know what? I think Van Dijk's not had a particularly good start to the season. I know yeah. like they've conceded two in two games now. Alisson obviously hasn't been there. But you know when we were saying last week they should have brought in someone? Mm-hmm. That central defender maybe was a position that they probably could have brought in. I still think they should have signed the lit. Like, 67 oh, yeah. million for him is cheap. Yeah, and it, it's the, he's a perfect player to play alongside, alongside Van Dijk They've as well. won the league with that. Do you think? Yeah, because... Uh, City are going to have a point where they have a wobble defensively because they don't have company in the dressing room. Yes, I agree with that. But I also think that Liverpool will have a wobble, uh, have a wobble because if you look at how many minutes that Salah and Mane have played over the last mm-hmm. two seasons, there are, there's an injury there. And as soon as one of those gets injured, oh, that looked so... There's like a cricket highlight on... He got hit in the... Got uh, hit in the Chernobyl. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I think there's an injury there somewhere and that is an issue, I think. Especially with the lack of, I would say, attacking options up front that they've got. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if more than one of them gets injured. Yes. Um, all right then, on to the final game of Saturday. Um, Man City versus Spurs. Uh, it finished 2-2. Lucas scored... His goal, 19 seconds after coming onto the pitch, uh, coming on as a substitute. Um, the big, there's two big talking points from this mm-hmm. game, and so we're going to go into those. Um, actually, we'll start with Kevin De Bruyne. Oh. He created nine chances in the whole game. Dreamy. Which is more than the whole of the Spurs team, who created yeah. three. Um, I thought he was excellent. He was so close to being my player of the weekend mm-hmm. but I just thought because it was Cabellos' debut he deserved it um, I thought De Bruyne was unreal He his pass for Sterling's goal was unbelievable unbelievable he, he'll feel that he has a point to prove because he wasn't an automatic pick last year well I think because he got an injury and he sort of like maybe wasn't an automatic pick but at the same time like because he was injured when he came back the team were winning mm-hmm. so but the season before, he was the best player in the league. For me, he was the best player in the league. Salah yeah. won the the award, I think. But for me, he was just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, he is like... He's not just the best player, for me, the best player in the league in mm-hmm. terms of technical ability and what he offers to Man City, but also his maturity... I think he is going to be... You know, you talk about that company figure in the dressing room. I feel like he is becoming one of those players for Man mm-hmm. City because he's now with a new generation of players coming through at City, younger players. He is now one of the older, wiser heads that's yeah, been there yeah. for a while. So I think that he his influence in the dressing room is going to be huge. And also, who when you're, when you're a striker or a midfielder, who is not looking up to Kevin De Bruyne nowadays as one of the best mm-hmm. in that role? in the world he'll be I wouldn't be surprised if he has another season like he did two years ago I wouldn't be surprised to see him get I say get a move to a Real Madrid or a Barcelona but I don't think that's necessarily a step up anymore but they're the sort of teams that I think he can he will be interested in him um, the Aguero substitution Oh, you petulant. Mm, yeah, like for me, like it's up to the manager. Yeah, I think it was more that um, that uh, Guardiola, Guardiola was complaining about him not tracking back for the mm-hmm. Spurs' first goal, the Mellor's goal, oh, possibly. Okay. Um, 
But yeah, I think it's just to do that in public in front of the cameras is just stupid. Mm-hmm. And then for them, when the goal was disallowed at the end, which we'll talk about in a sec, for them to be hugging and the oh, it's just like for me, it was just silly. It was just silly. Um, but two big talking points. The first one was penalty on Rodri in the first half wasn't given. Went to VAR and um, wasn't given. I mean, that should have been given. It was a me. it was a stone wall penalty. He's got his arms around his neck. Yeah, and he did, was nowhere near the ball. Like Aldevar, to be fair, Aldevar pushed, which meant that they went over. Mm-hmm. But it, it looked like they were going over anyway. And also, you can't be hugging someone on the pitch like that in the box. Yeah, yeah. Um, the biggest talking point of the game was the last minute goal for Jesus. Um, correct decision. Um, so I've written here this is my assessment of it I think the right decision has been made to the letter of the law as it's currently written yeah and this is what we were saying last week but I'm not sure the rule is as as accurate as it could be yes and I think this is where there's a big problem at the moment with a lot of fan a lot of um, fan bases and a lot of people in the media in that the problem isn't VAR the problem is the law. Yeah. So as soon as the ball hits a hand, regardless, I mean, the, again, a big problem is if it hits the attacker's hand and goes and they score, not a goal. But if it's the other way around and hits the defender's hand, it's not a penalty. But again, it, you only saw it hit the defender's arm from an angle that VAR didn't have, but only came out afterwards, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it's I like didn't know that. Sort of little revert, like they didn't... It was only sort of post, but... I mean, it was the right decision. You could argue City gained an advantage by it coming off his arm. And I think it hit Laporte. Is it Laporte? Yeah. I think it hit his arm first, therefore it has to apply to him before Skip. But then I don't think it hit Skip's arm. But at the same time, I thought Jesus still had so much to do. It was a brilliant finish. Yeah. It was brilliant. This is where the rule is... An issue, and I think that the mix-up between VAR has been excellent. I don't think it's got. I think it got the Rodri, Rodri decision wrong, and I think it got one decision wrong, another decision wrong this weekend. I can't remember which one. Two decisions in twenty games so far mm-hmm. is not bad. Yeah. Let's be honest, especially in its trial season. Mm-hmm. Um, City drop points problem. I know it's early. I know it's only game week two. Uh, Spurs are the only team to beat City in 25 games since January and they're the last team to beat City at the Etihad so I think the fact that they drew against them is to form yeah I thought Spurs were quite lucky I don't think they played particularly well I mean I don't think they played particularly well last week either Um, I thought they got a bit lucky yeah but Maybe, but he, maybe that's what they need. But Lucas came on for Winks at half-time, uh, or just after half-time. Winks didn't do anything. That midfield at the moment is not functioning really, functioning well enough. And I think, for me, you don't play in Dombele and Winks in the same team. Yeah, potentially. And that is a problem. Uh, I think dropping Ericsson deeper to play next to Ndombele would be a good decision. Yeah, he's a little bit defensively undisciplined which is the only issue yeah that is true but I think Ndombele is good enough to mm-hmm. to to sort of deal with that um, alright then um, on to Sunday's games uh, Sheffield United versus Crystal Palace finished 1-0 to Sheffield United um, Phil Jaggi uh, Elka became the oldest player to appear in the Premier League for Sheffield United since who? He was 37... For Sheffield and, United. Yeah. He was 37 years old in one day, um, Jagielka. This person was in March 1994, and he was 36... I, should it be someone I know or not? It is definitely somebody that you know. Uh, but someone I didn't know play... Would I associate them with playing for Sheffield United? Definitely not. You would probably associate them for being on Sky Sports, more than being a footballer. He uh, played for Middlesbrough famously. Especially our generation, anyway. He played for Middlesbrough famously and yeah. on Sky Sports. Yeah. What position? It's unbelievable, Jeff, that you're not getting this. Not, uh Chris Kamara. Oh. Chris Kamara. 
Was previously the oldest player. Um, Zaha, Unbelievable, Jeff. Zaha back in for Palace. Um, and what was Crystal Palace's tactic on Sunday? Give the ball to Zaha. Give the ball to Zaha and just hope that he does something yeah. and repeat. Um, should Sheffield United have had a penalty? Handball no, for Joel Ward? not for me. No, it would have been harsh, yeah. I think. I've written the same thing. Um, but I thought the tactics from Chris Wilder were... Excellent. They nullified the Townsend Zaha threat. Um, they just wanted it more. They, yeah, there was a, yeah. so much in the stadium, like so much passion in the stadium. Oh, it was it was just brilliant to see. And even though they're going to be down there at the end of the season, I st- I think they're going to be um, like the plucky little, not little team, but the plucky team this season of the the kind of Cardiff of this season that. Is going to put in some really good performances. And, you know, I just don't think people can deal with, like, O'Connell mm-hmm. and uh, whoever was playing on the right side of Overlapping that Overlapping centre-back contributes to only goal. Yeah. It works. Yeah, it was it brilliant. Works. It works against Crystal Palace. Yeah. It works against the smaller teams um, or the, 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 the worse teams in the division. I just thought Sheffield United played really well and they've still got players like Ravel Morrison to come in. I think... Um, only their sh- one of their strikers was um, was a new signing. I think everybody else played for them in the championship last season. I just thought they played very, very well. Mm-hmm. Crystal Palace, on the other hand, didn't create that much. Worrying? Is that Roy Hodgson-esque? Uh, it just... Like, Zaha and Townsend are really creative players and they were just anonymous against a team like Sheffield United, which, you know, that could be, like, they could have just done a tactical masterclass on them, but... So, there's a centre-forward who is unattached at the moment that I think... Palace don't have a centre-forward who is scoring goals. No. Benteke hasn't scored 10 goals in the last three seasons, I don't think. Fernando Llorente... Is a free agent. If they went and got him, they would finish Big tenth. wages. Big wages. But they would finish 10th. They're a London club. They can afford it. <sighs> yes. Yes and no. Can Lorente play 38 games a season? No, but he would give them... He'd score 10 goals. Yeah, probably. Fair. I think that's a good shout. Um, and I think you're right. And I just don't... We know Benteke is not scoring. Why didn't they go out and get someone? Well, they did. They bought Jordan Ayew in on a permanent. I mean, he he didn't score for them last season. Yeah. So, I just don't... I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, Silly Zaha, I think they just rely on Zaha. I mean, if Zaha had gone, I would have been... For me, Palace would have been bottom of the league. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else to say on that game? In home victories dating back to December 2018, Sheffield United, uh, in victories at home, have conceded two in 12 games. Very, very good. Well, I think I said last week that they scored form, around 51 goals at home Their last home season. form is going to be crucial. Yes, 100%. Um, all right. Um, Leicester versus Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Second game on Sunday. It finished ones each. Uh, Mason Mount, the first English player to score for Chelsea under an English manager since... Uh, some ER, I'm going to get this name. Is he called Paul Thomas or something like that? No. It's someone famous. The goal scorer? The goal scorer and the manager. Oh, well, it's Dennis Wise. Yes. Oh, I'm thinking of a different... Uh, Dennis Wise under English manager. Yeah. Glenn Hoddle. Yes. Yeah, what in, was the stat on Against Blackburn of? in May 1996. Yeah, I'm thinking of... Oh, no, I'm thinking of uh, a player, the player who scored on, like, the first game of an English manager for Chelsea. Oh, all right. Yeah. Um, the highlight of the game for me was seeing a beautiful Leicester kit. Do you not think they've just stolen United's kit from last year, but they put, have, put, put the have right colour shorts with it, though? The, yeah, but they, there was, like, a thing online of, like... Um, that it was who this one's about Adidas um, Adidas's training top from last season or something and mm-hmm. they've just put Leicester badges on it so like obviously haven't sold enough and they've just made it into Leicester shirts amazing um, but it's lovely um, it's I the thought, same it's the Germany like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I thought Mason Mount was unlucky to miss out on your team of the week 
He Sweet. could have had a hat trick, but uh, so hat-trick. In, in and line... also I was especially surprised to see indeed he got. So in I had to make this selection before I'd seen the highlights of Sunday's stuff. Ah, oh, okay. But as we decided, we have to have a playable, functioning team, and there wasn't really another defensive midfield player mm-hmm. that got he got in. a goal. He got yeah. a goal, and it was a good he, header as well. He redeemed himself after a shocking start. Yes. And because... So, basically, the two holding players that I was abing between were him and Douglas Luiz, but Douglas Luiz's team ultimately lost. Yeah, and also so he... Even though his goal was epic, he didn't play that well, Yeah, I thought. Um, great, her, uh, great first half again from Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Hazard's left. Are they missing a proven goal scorer? Yes. What are they going to do then? Because they can't buy anyone in January either. Is this going to... I think if any team is going to drop out of that top six, it's going to be Chelsea, simply because they've lost so many goals with Hazard and Morata's gone. And like they've brought in Tammy Abraham, whose confidence is shot. His, I mean, obviously, last week he missed his penalty. He dived for his penalty as well, mm-hmm. um, which wasn't good. Um, obviously all this stuff that's been had we're not going to talk that much about about the racist abuse towards him on social media mm-hmm. and to Paul Pogba which is disgraceful um, but they like all of these things combined are just and then he was benched yeah what is the answer for Chelsea what's the answer for Lampard they need Giroud to step up he needs to get goals uh, Tammy Abraham, I think feel like he needs to get off the mark, and then that'll be a big, like chip off his shoulder. He's never consistently scored in the Premier League though. It, when he was at, I know he's only had like one season, mm-hmm. but like when he was at Swansea, he came in with such a big like name, and he just hasn't done it. He just didn't do it that season. He's got all the attributes to be quality, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely. Um, Leicester looked good, I thought. Silly mistake. From Ndidi, but I thought Madison looked Indeedy. excellent. Ndidi, Ndidi, um, but Madison looked epic, and uh, he's created fifty chances from set plays in the Premier League since the start of last season. Only three assists though, but that's six more than any other player. He's also, I think, made a hundred and five chances in total, mm-hmm. which is crazy. I mean, his England call up is just. Gonna be well. He he's gonna have to be called up because there won't be a Deli Alley because he's not played. Ah, Um, that doesn't matter to Southgate though. Yeah, but I mean, this is if I was picking. Well, he's not gonna be fit, is he? Because the squad gets announced in a week. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So Madison has, and he wasn't picked over the summer because he was playing for the under twenty ones. Like he he has to be. I mean, we'll chat about this when uh, obviously probably next week when the England squad's announced. But I have I have theories about how that team should function. Yeah, well, we'll chat about that next week. Um, I think this to me confirmed Leicester's ability to push for the top six this season. I mean, they should have won. That yeah, game. they should 100%. have won. But I I think they'll just miss out. Yeah, that I think they're going to come seventh. Yeah. Um. Anything else to say on that game? Uh, new. What's your start of the week? I'm saving it for the end. Oh, you're saving it for the end? Okay. Yeah. Um, final game of the week, um, which was on Monday night, was Wolves versus Man United. Finished one, ones each. Wolves are the first team to come from behind and avoid defeat in three consecutive Premier League games against Man United. Good they're start. a bit of a bogey team, aren't they? They are. They're, they're a bit yeah. of a bogey team for the top six in general, I would say. Um, great finish by Martial. But I thought some of the best football that we've seen the whole weekend was the move up to it, to be honest. He becomes the 53rd player to score 50 goals for Man United in all competitions in their history. No, I could not name the other 50 teams. <laughs> We'd be here Do, all nah. night. Um, I can smell pie. Well, one of, them is the, one of them is the manager, um, which is always good. Oh, yeah. Um, Wolves weren't really at the race in the first half, but I think... Um, I mean, tonight they're playing. I think they're one nil up. Um, they this is their fifth game in fourteen days, so they're gonna have days. They're gonna have halves like they had on 
on Monday, I think, quite the, a lot. They're discovering that qualifying for the Europa League is actually more of a, like, a shitter than a good thing. Yeah. It, well, because they've qualified not through their league position, but through basically there being a spare slot to fill. Yeah. And they've gone, oh, who's got, oh, yeah, go on. We'll oh, another it's 2-1 team. at the moment, 2-1 at the moment. Oh, it looks like a good game. Um, Jimenez hit the bar in the second half, but what a goal by Neves. Um Quality finish. So he scored 11 goals for Wolves. Yeah. How many of those been from outside the box? Oh, 11. 10. Yeah, mad. Yeah, it's crazy. His goal or Douglas Louise's goal? He's going to be his goal. His goal. Because Douglas Louise is more like, he's got a player to bend it round. Yeah, yeah. Whereas he's gone up and, sorry, no one can see me doing this. (laughs) Up and over. Yeah. He's going to be a top six club next season. I think he'd be United. Yeah. They need a player like Neves. Yeah. They need a player like Neves. Um, Man United penalty. Um, Connor Cody's tackle. Stupid. Just stupid. That's what stops him from getting in the England team. Yeah. That does. That's a stupidity. That's a very championship defender thing to do. I know he's been very good, but that was just silly. Um, Pogba missed the penalty. I've never been happier to see a player miss a penalty. Why, why is he taking it? Well, this is the question, isn't it? Because. Has Solskjaer sat down and said, right, this is the penalty taker for this season? I just... I, he obviously hasn't. Or Pogba's just ignored him. Yeah. Will Pogba be at Man United by the end of the window? There's eight days left in, of the European window. Do you think Pogba will still be there at the club? Yes. Because they can't bring anyone in to replace him and without Pogba, their options are like... Yeah, their midfield is spare. slim pickings, I would say. Slim pickings. Um... Thoughts on Wolves, bearing in mind they've been playing Europa League football as well. They've dealt with it as well as anyone of, like, Burnley didn't deal with it very well. Uh, Who was in it the year before? Everton didn't deal with it very well. Did you know the first half had three shots on goal, and that's the least in the first half of a Premier League game since the 2003-2004 season? Really? Can't tell you who it it was because they didn't give me that information. Bloody hell. Um, so a nil-nil against Leicester, nil-nil against Man United. They've had quite a tough start. They play Burnley at the weekend. Um, I think that they should get off the mark in mm-hmm. terms of wins at the weekend. Um, but another game Sunday, another game Thursday, another game Saturday, uh, Sunday after that. It's going to be hard for them to to maintain. They're looking forward the, to the international break. They certainly will be, where most of their players will go on international duty for Portugal. Um, Anything else to say on that game? No. All right, then. So to our final few things on the pod, I want your, firstly, your start of the week. So, my start of the week... (laughs) Sean Dyche has taken points off of 26 of the 27 teams that he has faced in the Premier League. The one side he has never taken a point from? Arsenal. Arsenal. Yeah. That's a good start. That is a good start. That is a good start. I literally have no life. Yeah, yeah I love it. It's great. No, Jaff Pod is my life. Yeah, Jaff Pod is your my life. life now. Um, Can we just chat about Sancho? Yes, he's gone on a hundred and ninety I'm sort of glad week. because he is really doing well there. He and is. That's him saying, do you know what? I'm not going to come back to the Premier League. I'm happy here. Why do I need to come back? Well, he's already played for the team that I think he would sign for. And he's 19. He's 19 years old. £190,000 a week. I think, what, I'm I'm 24 now. You're 24 now. I think between the two of us, we haven't earned £190,000 in not the five years since we were 19. We're probably not going to earn one hundred ninety grand ever. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not in a year. Um, not in, even in a year, never mind a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's been scoring for Borussia Dortmund. They've had a pretty good start to the season, I think I've seen. Yeah, they're top of the league. Aren't yeah. They? Yeah, they're my tip for this season, actually, for Bundesliga. I think they're yours as well. Uh, yes. Yes. Um, all right, then. Zero to hero. Who did you? Who went first last week? I went first last On week hero. with my zero. Oh, did you go zero first? It's zero, then. It's zero to hero. Oh, okay. I Yeah. Okay. S- so it's me first. You, you first. So my nominations are the Newcastle defence. Yeah. For obvious reasons. Adrian for being a tit in goal. Yeah. Uh, Douglas Luiz for uh, 
being just the worst leave I've ever ever <laughs> seen. He's, not only has he left the ball, but he's left the ball and let it run into the area of the pitch that he should actually be covering. <laughs> yeah. So he's compounded one error with another, and then uh, Harry Wilson scored from that. Uh, the Palace front three for just being shit. Yeah. And uh, my winner this week is Paul Pogba. Yeah! Yes. He's finally not just a token yeah, well, token nominee. My zero nominees are Watford mm-hmm. for another dour display. Um, Steve Bruce um, for some just tremendously horrendous tactics. Paul Pogba, obviously. For ju- Normally it's just for being Paul Pogba, but mm-hmm. this week it is actually for missing his penalty. Uh, but my zero this week, and it pains me, is Newcastle United. Oh, love that. It pains me. Absolutely love that. Um, I'm going to cry. Um, I'm going to cry. <laughs> All right, then, my hero nominees this week. Pookie for his hat-trick mm-hmm. against Newcastle. Caballos for a brilliant debut for um, Arsenal. Kevin De Bruyne for just being... Kevin De Bruyne and being epic. But my hero this week goes to Chris Wilder of Sheffield United for their first win at Bramall Lane of the season, their first yeah. win of the season, and for just um, having his team play some excellent football and beating Crystal Palace. Yeah, like that. Yeah, I've got quite a lot of nominees this week. Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. Uh, Lucas Moura for showing how valuable he's actually become for Spurs. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I've, so I've nominated Maya Yoshida because he has pledged to donate 1% of his salary to the Saints Foundation. Yes, I saw that, yeah. So uh, he gets in there. Cabellos. I've nominated Reese Nelson as well because I think he's been he's flown under the radar. Well, he's looked quality. Well on Saturday. Um, Sean Deitch for pointing out the cheating. Uh, Harry Wilson for scoring his first Premier League goal on his debut. Trossard for scoring. Mason Mount for scoring. Um, Madis- Everyone that scored across the yeah, weekend gets Madison a for showing why he's quality. Sheffield United in general. Uh, Martial for joining the 50 club. Yeah. Uh, Graham Potter for just being a bit flying under the radar. But my winner this week is Pookie. Yeah. Fair enough. Um... All right, last week, this is our final thing. We've gone just over an hour. That's fine. It's but close that's enough. fine. It's close enough. I'll edit it down. I'll cut out all the bits where you speak. <laughs> be down to about 12 minutes. I came then. in last week and I said to Naomi, I've just been listening to this podcast in the car. I was like, one of the guys on it speaks lots and lots of sense. And she was like, what's the podcast? And I was like, just another football podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and that person is me. <laughs> I just chip in with yeah. random bullshit. No, I love it. I love it. Um, JB's tiny tip didn't come in last week what is your I can't look this week because we're recording on my phone ah but I will have a look at the odds so Um, I've got two options because you might not want to put this on but one of them is Kane to get a hat trick (sighs) okay but my other one is City to hit five so which one are you going to choose well I want to know which one has the better odds oh well okay but let me see if this is going to work are you still recording? Yes, you are. Look at this. Um, I'm logging into Skybet right now. We're not sponsored by Skybet. I would love to be, but we're we not. Um, yeah, I wish we were as well. Yes, my details are up to date. So, you want Sunday, you want to see Newcastle versus Spurs, Harry Kane to score a hat-trick. So I can say Harry Kane to score three or more is seventeen to two, and the other yeah the other one is City to hit five, and the other one is City to hit five. Do they play on Saturday? Sunday. They play on Sunday as well. Oh, against uh, Bournemouth, of course. Bournemouth have been known to concede a lot against the bigger teams. Yeah, uh, to score and win. Oh no, we're there. That's not the right thing. Um. Under over goals, here we go. So, do you mean... Over 4.5 it'll be, won't it? For both teams or just for Man City? Man City to score over 4.5. Oh, I can't find that. 
But I can have over 4.5 goals in general in the game is 4 to 11. Oh, then we're going for the Kane odds, I'm afraid. Right, Kane, here we go. Pound on. £9.50 return, that would be all right, wouldn't it? Yeah. Harry Kane, hat-trick versus Newcastle. Place bet. There we are. What, she won't even be in the squad now, they'll fucking rest Yeah, in. probably. Um, anything else to say this week? Um, no. Lovely. Well, our predictions are going to go online uh, tonight. This will also be up tonight. I know it's late, but it's going up tonight. Um, our predictions for the weekend is a game tomorrow night, which is exciting. Everton versus Aston Villa. And we'll see you all next week. Bye.